United States of Lead is an informative podcast that may contain sensitive material and the occasional F-bomb. Listener discretion is advised. States of Lead, a podcast about crime, mental decline, and the lead thread that connects them. When you first think about lead, you are probably thinking that it's something that possibly can affect you unless you live in an area with outdated plumbing or eating paint chips in an old house. Well, you're wrong. Lead is fucking everywhere. And the mental and physical health issues associated with lead poisoning can also be seen everywhere. Thankfully, lead has been making a comeback in the news lately, and our hope is that this podcast keeps that momentum going in a direction that creates necessary change, not only in the U.S., but around the world. Because guess what? That shit travels in the atmosphere, but we'll get to that a little later on in the series. So you've heard of lead poisoning, and you know it's bad, but you might not know exactly what the signs and symptoms are. For instance, Paul, when you think of lead poisoning, what what comes to mind for you? Uh, Kids who may not be moving or thinking as fast as other kids I'm trying to say that as politely as possible yeah as far as like how you can get lead like lead poisoning is that anything that's ever crossed your mind before it's always the same thing and it's eating lead paint don't eat paint chips and you're like that that, that's what's my thinking before having this conversation with you it was if you don't eat lead paint you'll be fine Mm mm-hmm Yeah, well, according to Mayo (laughs) Clinic, quote, (laughs) well, you're wrong, (laughs) but that's what everybody thought. I mean, come on. Lead poisoning occurs when lead builds up in the body, often over months or years. Even small amounts of lead can cause serious health problems. Children younger than six are especially vulnerable to lead poisoning, which can severely affect their mental and physical development. And at very high levels, lead poisoning can be fatal, end quote. So most of us get a lead test done when they're infants. After that, if your lead levels are considered, quote, safe, which we'll get to this idea of there being a, quote, safe amount of lead to have in your body, you'll most likely never get another lead test in your lifetime. And lead is more prevalent than we care to realize. And as we go over the symptoms of lead poisoning, you'll begin to understand what this podcast is all about. This is what throws me about that with like, so you have, you have this, this illness that by definition builds up in the body over time, Mm -hmm. but you get a check when you're a baby Mm -hmm. and that's it. It's Mm -hmm. like checking, it's like, oh, well I bought this brand new car and I'm measuring the tire tread right now. And then 
I don't never, know. I'm never gonna check it again. It's fine. It is, you know what? I checked it when I first bought it, so I'm fine. I don't need to rotate my tires. I don't need new tires. I don't need to change the oil. I'm fine. Yeah. It's, that's okay. Well, I'm. I want to learn more about that. And then how did like how does the medical profession? square that like how is how does anyone think that that's appropriate and is there any anything else like that you know we don't do that with our blood pressure we don't do that with i can get an allergy test right now over the internet essentially so i don't know that is something interesting too because when i was looking there's a website where you can buy certain tests called everly well and you know where you can get your allergy tests and your any kind of test that you want and they have one for heavy metals, but they don't have one specifically for lead, which I thought was pretty interesting, especially so when it's just 40, a finger prick. So for 40 bucks or whatever I paid, I know I paid a Christmas price because I got it like 60% off. Mm-hmm. I found out how much Middle Eastern is in me. I found out how much I want to do that so bad. Wait, oh, really? Yeah, I, I just, I've been putting it off, but I really want to do the answer. Did you go through Ancestry.com? I went through two of them. I went through Ancestry.com. And then when I found my birth parents, we confirmed it through Heritage.com, which I think is a regional name, a regional company in the South. So yeah, it's easier to find, (laughs) this is what, it's easier to find like how much Mesoamerican is in me than it is how much lead is in me. Fascinating. Yeah, and I I do want to say too, to listeners, anybody who wants to elaborate on anything that we discuss, you can email us at United States of lead at gmail.com, especially, you know, anybody in the medical profession, feel free to email us and any clarifications, or if there's anything to listeners that you want us to dive deeper into email us United States of lead at gmail.com. The Mayo Clinic goes on to say that initially lead poisoning can be hard to detect. So even people who seem healthy can have high blood levels of lead. Signs and symptoms usually don't appear until dangerous amounts have accumulated. So that's another interesting thing is what we will be focusing on a lot is the cognitive and behavioral effects, because those aren't things that you see like a scratch on your face. You know what I mean? And like we get into here are the signs and symptoms. um, And this is what is really important to what we'll be diving deep into related to why this is such a crisis, is some of the signs and symptoms of lead poisoning in children include developmental delay, learning difficulties, irritability and hyperactivity, loss of appetite, sluggishness, fatigue, constipation, hearing loss, seizures, eating things that aren't food. And although children are primarily considered at risk, lead poisoning is also dangerous for adults, which again, going back to what we just said, you know, why are we not testing this when we're adults too. It's, I, I just, I don't understand. So signs and symptoms in adults might include one of the big ones, mood disorders, high blood pressure, joint and muscle pain, difficulties with memory or concentration, headaches, abdominal pain, miscarriage, stillbirth, and premature birth in pregnant women. And what, you know, one thing too, is going back to the irritability in adults too, that those mood disorders can also coincide with violent outbursts that, you know, seem to come out of nowhere. The National Institute of Health also says that at high levels of exposure, lead attacks the brain and the central nervous system, and that can cause coma, convulsions, and even death. And we'll get more into the the quote-unquote less severe behavioral 
issues that are caused when it attacks your brain and nervous system. And children who survive lead poisoning may be left with intellectual disability and behavioral disorders. And something I don't have in my notes here, though, is the recent NBC article that I think I shared with you, right? That mm-hmm. 50% of, yeah. So yeah, even though leaded gas was banned in 1996, researchers estimate that people born before then lost several IQ points on average. This is more than just, you know, your IQ and the behavioral issues that we seriously need to discuss because- I feel like, I feel like the subtext when I hear about this is like, it just reminds me of the Twilight Zone where- you know, the, the classic Twilight Zone, if I'm going to make up an episode, it's a guy who, uh, always a guy, who shows up <laughs> back at town and everyone's gone and he's just sort of like, uh, or he comes back to the office and they're like, well, you, you know, your name's Scott. And he's like, no, my name's Jim. My name's Jim. And like, he goes around everything and everything says Scott. And I just, it, the idea that uh, there is a kind of sh- shroud or dimming of what we could take in before we are really taking things in how much of this is weird but how much of the world is just not accessible to us and then i'm just picturing if we had another arm or another i know this that sounds silly but like if another sensor and that was just eroded because of our exposure to this toxin, uh, it's its really frightening. Like there could be a whole deeper dimension to things that we see every day that we're not picking up on because- Because why would you? We don't have the ability to anymore. And it's not necessarily like they're, yeah, that's just really sad. It's so sad. It is. And that's one thing I want to bring up too, is that this podcast isn't meant to cause any sort of fear it's it's to let's educate ourselves and find a solution but first we are we are going to dive deep into the history we're going to dive into all the different ways you can expose yourself because mindfulness makes a difference in your life you know once you have some knowledge you can make decisions that are are better for yourself and your family and your loved ones and also then sharing this information with people who might not know it too because it's it's really important that we actually dive into this because like I said a lot of this and it's still to this day I mean thank god you know mental health is becoming more quote-unquote acceptable to deal with in our society but a lot of people still just see the physical if it's not physical well it's not there or we don't know how to deal with it and there are ways to deal with for it. the insurance yeah and then then our understanding too of what's causing these behavioral concerns our understanding of it also needs to evolve. You know, a lot of us just want to think, you know, like the the Freudian style, the fact that what we'll get to is how physical things can affect your mental state. Mm -hmm. And that's what um, I think the deepest focus we'll have in this podcast is. And so from a 1993 National Academy of Sciences study, it verified that lead at even extremely low doses causes neural behavioral deficits. And so that's what you know we want to focus with is that idea that it might not even be detected until it's seriously high, yet at an extremely low dose, it causes these deficits in neural behavior. So we've known about lead's effects on the brain for longer than this too. So it's been in the news. It was in the news in the 70s. It was in the news in the industrial revolution time. But as far back as 2000 years ago, 
we've known about neuro, the behavioral, I can't say neurological yet, but the behavioral issues associated with lead. Quote the Greek Diocerides, they wrote, lead makes the mind give way. So even as far back as 2000 years ago, they realized that there was a connection between behavioral issues and lead exposure. Despite this early warning, the scientific community has until recently paid little systematic attention to the impact of neurotoxicants on behavior. The first textbook on this subject wasn't even published until 1975. And the fact that the scientific community has until recently paid little systematic attention to this, we will dive deep into later on in the podcast too, because that's a very important part of why we have not been paying attention to this. Well, I'm, I'm wondering if we're stuck into like this loop, uh, and that's, an, I think, another thing that you're trying to accomplish here is breaking out of it. And it's, of course, there isn't a golden thread from Diocerides or like the Greek tradition and this moment in time, but we clearly have been using lead for a long time. And then some people start saying something like this, where it's like, I don't know if this is the healthiest thing in the world. And it seems like there's another thing that happens, which is another group says, shh, just come, they they tamp that down. And uh, I'm making money, be quiet. (laughs) I can't hear you over all the cash that's flowing in. Um, Yeah, and that's another thing too, is that, that lack of empathy We're going to dive deeper. (laughs) We're going to dive so deep into so many of these issues. So people who might be like shouting at, at their, whatever device they're listening to this on, we'll get to dive deeper into all of these things. And we're going to dive deeper into the behavioral psychological issues associated with this. Our first episode is just a, a brief yet informative introduction onto what we'll be diving deeper into. As we mentioned earlier, you might not realize that with so many ways you can be exposed to lead poisoning. And like I said, all of these things we'll dive deeper into, but you know, just, just a little overview of um, ways you might not realize that you're being exposed to it. So again, according to Mayo Clinic, lead-based paint and lead-contaminated dust in older buildings are common sources of lead poisoning in children. Other sources include contaminated air, water, and soil. Adults who work with batteries, do home renovations, or work in auto repair shops also might be exposed to lead. And something I didn't think about until after I wrote these notes, but it popped in my head. Think of all of those home renovation shows and, you know, these people who buy these old places and they just tear down these walls and they just do all this stuff. And like the people, the DIY people, do they know about that exposure before they're doing this stuff? Are they just, you know what I mean? Like, cause there's very specific protocol to repainting a house that has lead paint or removing, you know, like with the lead pipes and all that stuff. Well, part of DIY, this is super interesting. So part of DIY culture that I've experienced is really like woven into saving money. Like you're hacking the system. And that means that not everyone is pulling a permit is there the extra step of lead abatement? Is that is that being you know they're not talking about that in the show when when Chip yeah. uh, no shade to the to the gains, <laughs> but you know when Chip is knocking over a wall, they don't show like you know someone with a mask and testing the air after they've broken through something. And I I mean I don't even know how how you would test. I don't know how you would test for lead when you do that. 
when you're breaking into uh but the fact that we don't i don't know it and have watched those shows definitely to me shows it's not a uh it's just not uh it's not something we we commonly put in our our thinking around oh i'm just gonna i'm gonna make this home improvement and it's mm-hmm. in so many of our homes still oh yeah and i mean think about like any apartment you rented you have to sign that i i acknowledge that this apartment uh was built before 1976 and may contain lead pipes lead paint did you we know. sign that oh yeah you 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 sign that when or, i was at the superior you, you i'm sorry i don't know if you have to sign it but you're given the handout so when you sign the lease you acknowledge by signing so the you, lease i've acknowledged by that. signing yeah that i yeah, if you look at any lease, it'll if it, if the building was made before 1976 or even maybe 1970, it says you have that handout and then like, you know, what it is and you just sign it away. And like I said, like when we get to the fact that it's in dust, it's it's crazy. And especially like those old radiator, like our Harriet apartment. You That's know? what I'm thinking of, the Harriet apartment building. So like, and I quit smoking there. Mm-hmm and did a lot of rejuvenating that apartment on my own dime Mm -hmm. i never thought of that yeah Uh, Yeah. i passed a lot of holes and oh (laughs) well there we go that explains it yeah all makes sense now yeah i mean yeah a lot of things just connect in the dots (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so lead-based paints for homes children toys and household furniture have been banned in the united states since 1978 but lead-based paint is still on walls and woodwork in many older homes and apartments. So, you know, going back to our discussion of that, if you don't remove the lead paint appropriately, if you don't repaint it appropriately, like, and how many of these people are taking those precautions? Like going just back to that DIY, you know, theory, how many of these things are actually regulated? And when the people are doing these flipping homes, you know, like I said, like, is Chip really a person from a show? Chip and Joanna Gaines. Okay, I have no idea who that is, <laughs> Really? So oh, okay. No, I don't. Um, but so, you know, people are seeing this on TV and then they're just, you know, flipping these places. Like, like we just said, like, what are they actually doing to test it and whatnot? So most lead poisoning in children results from eating paint chips, which is what we all, I feel, think of when we think lead poisoning. Well, as long as my kid's not eating paint chips off an old home, they should be good. But that doesn't mean that old paint chips are the only thing that we need to worry about. And that's something that each episode we'll dive deeper into. Another one too that people, you know, lead pipes. That's that's one for me. It was paint chips and drinking water is how you could be exposed to lead. Um, so you know, I've always had filtered water, but now I realize it doesn't mean jack shit because you can still get lead poisoning from oh so many things. But lead pipes, brass plumbing fixtures, copper pipes can release lead particles into tap water, especially too. I know hot water does that. Also in canned food. And even though the lead was banned in the canning of food in the United States, it's still used in some other countries. And lead particles from leaded gas, which is a huge one, leaded gas, which we'll dive extremely deep into, especially when we talk about the rise of crime in the 70s, or paint that settled into the soil can last for years. So like that's one thing that is very important is you can't destroy lead and it's toxic. And once it's there, it's there. And if it's not removed properly, it's, it's going to get contaminated in the air, into the atmosphere. Lead contaminated soil is still a major problem around highways in some urban settings. 
So another thing too, we want to think about, you know, when we're doing infrastructure, uh, highway repairs, you know, and things like that, what, what's the protocol for that as well? I mean, is there any lead testing when this stuff is being done? Also some soil close to walls of older houses can contain lead. And I mean, when you, when you talk about, you know, older cities and how easily that can spread. And, you know, then we talk about when they're tearing down old places and building new ones. Well, all that soil is still contaminated. And then you're planting your, your community garden, you know, and stuff like that and using that soil. It's just, there's just so many things that we're not thinking about. You know, I, I know like we have a program the 811 program where you call and you you find out where the lines are underneath your house. And when we had some stuff done, I, I, I'm pretty certain my wife was sort of blown away by how, so we had them come out to do our retaining wall, to, to do the lines before we did our retaining wall. And then we didn't get around to doing the retaining wall. So we called them again to redo the lines. And then they came back out and they redid the lines. and. Uh, we were really worried that we were wasting their time and taking up this resource. And they're like, oh, no, absolutely not. It's uh, you can't you have to call before you dig. You have to call before you dig. It's this is so much easier for us to to deal with than busted line. So, I mean, but how what resources do we have for like painting our walls and uh, busting through our 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 homes? I don't know how would how would I test for that, mm -hmm. and for us to make it more accessible for totally. everyone. I could call that number a hundred times. I mean, I'm not going to call the number hundred times, but <laughs> call that number a hundred times, and they're like, "Yeah, this is our mission. This is what we're here to do." But there's no resource like that that I know of for for lead. Yeah, like, I'm going to redo our some plumbing. Yeah, can you come out and test for lead so I know like how I interact with that plumbing or how I need to dispose of the plumbing. Um, and, and preface to a government funded way of doing yes. this that doesn't cost you money. So the government is a company you can pay for. <laughs> I, I think that's nationwide. They can set up this hotline. So instead of me buying some kind of x-ray excavator that tells me only me on my property where yeah. pipes are underneath my home, and that's the thing is like, there is one for leaded pipes. So like I said, when, when, okay. when my daughter's lead levels were elevated, you can go to specific places and see that. But when it comes to the soil and other things, it's, you can still access it, but it's extremely time consuming. What about paint? Do people come out and test paint? Yeah. You, and that's the thing. You can get these test things. But right. you have to pay for, you know what I mean? It's it's all I, about whether or not it's, it's. I mean, but that's our society. The burden is on you as the individual and not the structure that is supposedly in charge. So next, getting to the one, how my daughter was exposed, household dust, um, something that I just did not know was a thing. But household dust can contain lead from lead paint chips or from contaminated soil brought in from outside. So again, when someone asks, you to take your shoes off when you enter their home, just take your fucking shoes off. It's one of my pet peeves, sorry, is I can't stand it when people just do not take off their shoes when I ask them to take their shoes off. Like it's their right, their constitutional right to keep their shoes on. 
It's America. Who is America? America. It's my constitutional well, right to keep my fucking shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and that behavior is something associated with lead poisoning, which we will get to in this series. <laughs> because boy, howdy. Oh, memory loss is also one, which also too, like going back to COVID is, you know, all, a lot of the COVID symptoms. I'm like, man, a lot of those sound similar too to this. But yeah, the irrational outbursts are very associated with this, but we'll get to that later. Um, but yeah, but household dust, with, especially with a home that's been renovated, that wasn't taking the proper protocols is going to be in your house. And that's just kind of a, a scary thing. Also in pottery, glazes found on some ceramics, china and porcelain can contain lead that can leach into the food served or stored in that pottery. And also like what we talk about that we love cheap shit. There are places that import certain dinnerware, which we're going to dive into deeper that you might not know whether or not it contains lead. This and is a, I know that that's jumping back to that cycle thing where we just have this relate weird historical relationship to lead. I know that pewter is a big deal and that mm-hmm. families could I'm so I'm looking forward to learning more about that uh where people thought oh I'm rising in the middle class and I have this this uh really cool fancy not silver but pewter goblet or pewter uh plates that my family can eat off of and they're just mm-hmm. up heaps of lead yeah I mean and that's another thing too like we're gonna dive deep into in the next episode is this class division of this idea of who can and can't Mm. be exposed to lead is completely ignorant and we're going to get to it dive deep into it like while people who do live in certain areas um, are more likely to be exposed this idea that that you're somehow safe from it if you live in a certain area is completely false and we're going to dive deep into that also toys and this is one I knew when I got pregnant because, you know, your hand at the pen, like here, lead poisoning in kids, this is what you need to know. And that was one that they had on there is that lead is sometimes found in toys and other products produced abroad. And the whole idea of these goods produced abroad, <laughs> Amazon, we'll get to later. Um, we're going to dive deep into Amazon and all of these places where we just, you know, we want what's cheap. Even if, I mean, for me being, you know, a single mom too, it's, it's convenient to impulse by that dollar tree dollar plate versus going, you know, to another place and buying the $10 plate, you know, that $9 difference makes a difference. But now knowing that that $9 difference can also expose me to something um, that I don't want me and my daughter exposed to is a kind of a red flag. Also cosmetics, we're going to dive deeper into that too. And other makeup that can contain lead, herbal or folk remedies, in Hispanic medicines and also in India, China, and other countries, some herbal quote unquote medicines can contain lead. And I'm pretty sure elderberries even, I'm going to dive into that. And also we're going to go back to the soil. You know, lead doesn't go away. And if it's in an area, you know, even near a highway or near a place that had lead piping, like the, all of these things can raise the lead levels in anything that you're consuming. Tamarind can contain lead, lead bullets. Um, this is going to be a big one in, in this series is not only time spent at firing ranges can expose you to lead exposure, but just ammunition in general. And like we said, it goes into the atmosphere. So we're going to dive deep into places that 
unfortunately have a lot of exposure to lead from ammunition and occupations, which some people know about. People exposed to lead can bring it home in their clothes. And this specifically is for people who work in auto repair, mining, pipe fitting, battery manufacturing, painting, construction, and other certain fields. For instance, window installation. And, you know, like when there's a lead house, you know, you have to like put like a a barrier around and things like that. And then when you work for like nicer companies that like more corporate, like they actually have teams that come in and do this. But like we said, if you're, you know, going on next door and getting Joe Schmo to, you know, repair your windows and you don't know whether or not you have lead in your house, you can be exposed. And so can they, but yeah, that's why it's, you know, important with people who are working with lead that, you know, you take your clothes off and before you enter the house, you take your shoes off, you know, you shower and all this stuff. But even with precautions, you know, you can still be exposed. So um, yeah, in order for us to dive deeper into all the many ways we can be exposed to lead, we first have to discuss what lead is and how we've allowed the best studied toxic substance in our society to become such a widely ignored crisis. That to me is what's most concerning is that this is the best studied toxic substance in our society. And yet here we are. <laughs> I just, I, and I, I wonder if it's indicative of, um, kind of a superpower that we've developed where we're able to just shelve these concerns systematically, whether that, you know, our lives would, everyone's life would clearly be better if this was abated. And I, I don't know, I just see parallels with racism and oh yeah, misogyny <laughs> and sexism and uh, healthcare. And it's like, nope, it'd be uh, the prison industrial complex. It's like, nope, it'd actually be better if we just did a little bit of, uh, gave it a little attention and like, we're just really practiced at hiding from it. Ugh. Side note, prisons. Yes, yeah, that's where my head right, is right now. We'll definitely have to get to the infrastructure of prisons. Didn't even think about that. So yeah, so lead isn't actually toxic until it's mined and transformed into man-made products. It's a natural occurring metal found in the Earth's crust, and trace amounts of lead can be in our soil, plants, and water. But we'll get more into the toxicity a little later on. But that's something, so there can be lead in your soil that is non-toxic. It's the lead that is transformed, mined, and manipulated by humans that's in your soil that is the concern and that's something that I'm not sure how they differentiate man-made product lead in our soil but hopefully we can figure that out too as we go along and somebody who is cited throughout much of the research that we dive into is Dr. Herbert L. Needleman and he researched neurodevelopment damage caused by lead poisoning He was a pediatrician, child psychiatrist, and researcher at the University of Pittsburgh. He also founded the Alliance to End Childhood Lead Poisoning. And like I said, he's somebody who we are relying heavily upon for statistics and research. So as he said in his paper, History of Lead Poisoning in the World, man seems to create unusual pathways for lead to enter the human system. And we're going to dive deeper into all those pathways in this podcast. And like we said earlier, if there's something that you think we need to dive deep into, email us at unitedstatesoflead at gmail.com. So why do we use lead? I mean, you know, we, we, we've, we're going over how terrible it is. So why are we using it? Well, 
Lead's easy to work with. It has a low melting point, it holds pigments well, and is easily recycled. Lead also stands up well to the outside elements. It has a high degree of corrosion resistance, and most importantly to some humans, it's inexpensive. And I think that's what our focus is going to be a lot of is, well, it's just easier, you know, for some people. And when you ignore the effects that happen. Something I tell people in my day job is talking, I talk about how what got you here isn't always going to be what will get you there. So like what got you to this place with your resume or like with your training or your education is really impressive, but to take a new step or a next to the next level, it's, you, it's not just more of the same. It's um, it really is a transformation and a reallocation or a re uh, vamping of, of how you apply your skills that you've developed. And mm -hmm. I think about that culturally as a, new or a, a developing society like Mesopotamia or something like that, you're smelting things and you're, uh, you're farming and you're, you have a limited footprint on the earth and yeah, whatever you can do to bang out what you need is completely acceptable. You know, your, your scar on your environment is pretty low. As we grow and as we build cities, I think you know what got us here is not always what's going to get us there. And it, you, this, uh, this idea that oh, this uh, inexpensive is it's inexpensive, and there's like a little bit of toxicity to it. It's not a big deal, but if it becomes a mass-produced, you know, once you scale that, there's clearly an issue, almost like an addiction, where you have to start to really regulate a relationship with the substance, which I don't think, I wonder if that's like one of the, the pinch points where we've had, where we've had it, it works. And then now how we, do we make it cheaper and do it quicker? Yeah. Cause if, if this is good, then more must be even gooder. Right. And even more is even gooder still. So, um, you know, what's funny last night, Ruby picked out the Lorax for me to read. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we can just sum that up with go read the Lorax because this is literally what we're talking about here in that. But that is our system. How do we do it quicker? How do we do it cheaper? Mm -hmm. Let's completely ignore why it's bad and just focus on it's making me more money. And then we have to talk about the me in that, you know, what the people who need to be held accountable for this too. And we also have to hold ourselves accountable for buying the things that are cheaper, quicker for us to obtain. Like you said, it's like an addiction though, too. Like once you got it quick, you want it quicker, but it, it just causes this horrible cycle that we just really need to get ourselves out of. But yeah, I, it's so funny that she made me read the Lorax last night because I was like, man, this is very similar to what we were, what we are talking about. But yeah, we we rely on that because we're told it cheaper and quicker is better. And so that's a shift that we need to make for ourselves too. And like, you know, like I said, we're going to be get diving a lot deeper into a lot of the behavioral and psychological things that develop from exposure to lead and a lot of what we see as good or um, acceptable have, have a connection to that. As we mentioned earlier, naturally occurring lead is something that when untouched by human manipulation is completely non-toxic. 
And so of course, leave it to humans to disturb nature's working order. Lead is the most widely scattered toxic metal in the world and it is 100% due to humans fucking with it. So that's also something, you know, we need to draw attention to is this is 100% caused by humans. Um, and to the best of our understanding, lead has been used for hum by humans for over 6,000 years. And as early as 2000 BC, we've known about lead's toxicity and it's been recorded in human history. In 200 BC, Greek philosopher Nicander of Colophon. Nicander right? of Colophon. Sure. Yeah. Um, reported anemia resulting from lead poisoning. And that's one of the many health concerns associated with lead that we're going to get to and dive deeper into later on. Um, but the you know, most important thing is we've known how bad lead is that long ago, and yet we still used it. You know, there wasn't somebody like, shit, guys, this is causing these issues. We need to find something other than lead to work with. And yet we're still doing that shit guys this caused 50 percent of people in the u.s <laughs> you know what I mean? and we're going to talk about that because you know people bring up leaded gasoline being banned um even though we knew about it in the 70s and the rise of crime in the 70s it wasn't banned until the 90s a lot of the studies that caused it to still still be legal are things that we're going to dive deeper into once we get to the leaded gas episode because a lot of things too we need to look at is comparing the U.S. to other parts of the world. The U.K. especially during the Industrial Revolution. And it's something that, yeah, we just really need to pay attention to and dive deeper into. And so I hope that everybody is on this journey with us because what we'll be getting into in our next episode is who are the first assholes to cause the mass distributed lead poisoning that we now see everywhere. We hope that everybody joins us for the next episode of United States of Lead. Thank you for tuning in to United States of Lead, hosted by Andrea Elizabeth and Paul Kramer. Want to know more about this subject? Consider making a donation on Patreon, where you can unlock extended video episodes and bonus content like deep dives and exclusive interviews. Just a quick disclaimer, Andrea and Paul are not experts in lead poisoning. We do ask that you check our sources and read up a little bit more on your own. Thanks again for listening.